Good evening, and welcome to the Legal Eagle Review, an informative and thought-provoking weekly show covering legal issues affecting everyday people. We know that there are many things you could be doing with your time, and we appreciate your decision to share this time with us. I'm Irving Joyner. And I'm April Dawson. We're law professors at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and we're your co-hosts. The Legal Eagle Review is sponsored by the NCCU School of Law. We thank you for joining us this evening. Finding affordable legal representation can be challenging for individuals with low income, so much so that many have no choice but to proceed pro se or representing themselves. And the lack of access to legal representation for low income individuals can have serious consequences. In criminal law matters, that could mean wrongful convictions or harsher sentences. One way for those without financial means to receive legal representation is for those individuals to be represented through a law school clinic. Law school clinics are programs in which law students are given the opportunity to gain practical hands-on legal experience by providing legal assistance under the supervision of a licensed attorney. Law school clinics not only provide law students with practical legal experience, but these clinics also serve underserved communities and individuals who might otherwise not have legal representation in which they desperately need. NCCU School of Law has six such clinics. We have a family law clinic, a clinic focusing on juvenile law, civil litigation, intellectual property, pro bono, and a criminal defense clinic. On this show, we're gonna talk with the professor and supervising attorney and students in our criminal defense clinic. And joining us, we have Professor Dion Gonder Stanley. Professor Gondler Stanley is a criminal defense attorney. She teaches criminal law and she is the supervising attorney of the NCCU Law Criminal Defense Clinic. And also joining us, we have three third year law students who are participating in this clinic. We have Soraya Akach, we have Anaya Wallace, and we have Brittany Burks. Brittany is the student producer of this particular show, and she has been a Legal Eagle Review student assistant for the past two years, and she has been an invaluable member of this team. So thank you all for joining us this evening. Thank you for having us. So Professor Gondler, Sandy, let's start with you. So you are the supervising attorney of the Criminal Defense Clinic. You also teach 1L law students in uh, the criminal law class, and you are a criminal defense attorney in your own right. Could you start by sharing with us why you decided to become a law professor and why you decided to work in the clinic? Well, um, I think it goes all the way back to why I became a lawyer in the first place. Uh, going into law school, I wanted to pursue criminal defense as the arena for my skills that I, and, and the knowledge that I was gaining in school. Um, and I specifically wanted to be a public defender um, and to work with clients because I, I felt like 
I had been um, very blessed to have people who fought for me, even when I didn't know I needed to be fought for growing up. Um, and I wanted to, to be able to pay that forward and fight for other people who also needed someone fighting for them and being a voice for them in the court system. So um, I had a clinical experience as a student. Um, and when I went out into practice and became my dream job of, of a public defender, uh, I was actually asked the question, you know, what, where do you see yourself in 10 years after starting here at the public defender's office? And I said, you know, I think I'd like to be a clinical professor. And I had the opportunity to actually get my second dream job, um, you know, after spending quite, you know, quite a few years um, in practice and in my career. Uh, but the main thing that I found was that while I enjoyed being able to fight for other people and being a voice for other people, I can only impact clients and the issues and the causes that meant something to me one person at a time. Um, and it became just not enough. And by joining um, the clinical faculty here at NCCU, what I found was that I could not only represent people, but I could teach students while representing people, and then those students could go out and also impact the causes and the individuals that matter to me, and my impact would be much broader. Well, let me just ask you, you know, how, how do you differentiate between the value of the clinical experience as opposed to the value of the doctrinal uh, experience that, uh, that law students have to navigate through? Well, both of them are extremely valuable, um, and I don't think anyone can, can go out and practice law without having had the benefit of both. Uh, the doctrinal experience teaches you uh, the law, um, not just specific laws, but how to learn about the law, how to read cases, how to read statutes, how to go out and, and interpret what the law is. But at the same time, that's not enough. If you're going to be a practitioner, you have to know skills. You have to know um, how to talk to people, to gather information and facts, um, how to identify what the issues might actually be in a particular case, um, how, how to negotiate with opposing counsel, how, how to actually try a case. And if you have to have both, um, so I, I would never say that one is more valuable than the other. But, you know, students, when they're in their last year of law school, um, after they've gained the, the knowledge in the doctrinal course of how to learn about the law, then they need to know, well, what do we do with that information? And we're going to bring the students in in a minute, but uh, Professor Gunder Stanley, can you talk about who the clinic the clinics represent so is it just anyone who can't find an attorney or who can't afford an attorney what are the rules and requirements in terms of clinical representation certainly so um, in north carolina for any student to be allowed to represent an individual in any type of case um, they, they have to have permission from the state bar. It's called the, the student practice certification process. Uh, and in order for a student to be certified for student practice, 
one of the requirements from the state bar is that they may only work on cases involving people who cannot afford their own attorneys. Um, students shouldn't be going out and, and essentially taking business away from, from lawyers who are in this field um, and, you know, for, from, for uh, clients who can actually pay for the services. So it is folks who can't pay for their own lawyer or if they are working in a government institution, for example, uh, students who may be working in a district attorney's office, they're representing the state, um, which again is, is a position that, that there's not someone out there who would be able to, to pay them individually to handle a particular matter. Um, and that's true for civil cases as well as criminal cases. All right, great, thank you for that. And so let's hear from our students. So Brittany Burks, let's start with you. Can you share with us why you decided to come to law school? So I knew at an early age that I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, I was essentially grabbed by all of the TV shows. And I was like, this seems like something cool to do. And in my head, I was like, yes, this is gonna be a great time. <laughs> And then as I went through college and I was a criminal justice major, I kind of figured out that I wanted to do criminal defense. And so I decided um, once I graduated, I worked for Legal Aid of North Carolina and we handled civil matters. And I got to see how that worked in the courtroom and I wanted to see how the criminal side worked. So once I got into law school, I decided to take the clinic. All right, excellent. And let's see, Soraya Akach. Share with us why you decided to come to law school. Yes, ma'am. So I also knew from a young age that I wanted to come to law school. And I would have family members always tell me like, well, you love to argue. You should go to law school. You love, you can't back down from an argument. Just be a lawyer. And over time, it was like, well, I can't really see myself doing anything else. But I think the main factor as to why what pushed me into law school was I met a man that was freed from death row um, back in 2018. He was innocent. And we found out that the judge took a bribe from the prosecutor to convict him. So, you know, when he came and spoke to my class and told me his story, it tore me up so much that I decided, you know what, I don't want this to happen to people in my community or people in general. So that was really what pushed me into it. All right, thank you for sharing that. And Anaya Wallace, let's hear from you. Yes, ma'am. So um, my story is actually a little different. <laughs> um, I did not want to come to law school. I did not want to be a lawyer in the beginning. I know it's funny. Um, I actually, in undergrad, I started off on the chemistry track. And um, I, it wasn't until my winter break junior year, so close to the finish line there, where chemistry just wasn't it. I knew I wanted to help people. And the idea of law was there, but I kind of fought it for a long time. I always told myself that I was too emotional to do law. I would get too attached to my clients and things like that. And um, having that, those type of thoughts kind of led to a conversation with a friend where they were just like, well, I'd rather have someone in the um, representing me who actually cared and was passionate about my representation versus someone who uh, did. And so that's where it kind of pushed me towards law school. I think it was a calling all along. I just was kind of fighting it um, because of my own personal feelings, but yeah. <laughs> well, now that, that, that the three of you have spent three years uh, in, in, in law school, uh, has your mind changed? 
about wanting to be uh, become a lawyer and uh, why or why not? So I'll go first. Um, I've had ups and downs. I think there were points where I was like, do you, are you sure you want to go through with this? Are you sure this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? But I think getting to the finish line and actually being able to represent clients and do the work that I've always wanted to do, it brought everything full circle because I wanted to help people all along. And finally getting to do that is very rewarding. The rope was hard, but I don't think I would do it any other way. Mm -hmm. I'll go next uh, since we already <laughs> on. Um, I agree. Um, the the road was definitely hard, but I think like even with it being hard, there was never an instance where where I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna fully stop this. Like there were times where I was just like, okay, down to myself, um, or I was unsure if I wanted to continue. But there was another a moment where I completely came to a stop where where I was like, okay forget this, I'm completely done, like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I think in seeing that and in recognizing that, yeah, the role is going to get hard, but the fact that I continued or that we continued um, pushing through to even make it to this point kind of set the tone, like, okay, you do belong here. This is the work that you should be doing. Um, and people are going to be appreciative of that because you know exactly where your heart is in this work. You know that despite it being hard that you didn't quit because you are passionate about helping people and um, helping people have a voice where they usually probably don't have it or where they can't do things on their own, you can step in and fill in that role for them. Yeah, I agree with my classmates. This journey is definitely not for the weak. And <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times I have sat and decided, let me study this outline. Let me make this outline. Let me study for this exam. And I've just sat and been so ready to just break down and close all my books and just be done with it. But realistically, I would never stop doing this. Um, and it's also a thing of, well, if I've made it this far, I'm clearly supposed to keep going. I'm supposed to be here, um, especially coming in with the pandemic and us being online our whole first year. It was a major, major, major adjustment for us to have our whole first year online. And then all of a sudden, our second year, we're back in the building. It was like having our first year all over again, where we're trying to get acclimated to the building. We're meeting our classmates who we haven't met yet. And, you know, it's been a lot and it's been a hard journey, but I also wouldn't want to have it any other way. Professor Gonder Stanley, you mentioned that when you were in law school, you did a clinic. Can you talk about having experienced from both sides as a student, but then also as a supervising attorney of a clinic? Can you share your thoughts on um, why the experience, the clinic experience is, is so valuable? You touched upon it a little bit um, when you were talking about being able to take what you learn in the classroom and then bring it into practice, but can you expand upon that a little bit? Sure. So, um, the clinic that I took as a student, um, it was in my last year of law school. It was a year-long clinic. Uh, it was a juvenile law clinic, actually, where we were representing uh, juveniles, children who were charged with uh, criminal activities. Um, and so it, it tied in with my interest in criminal defense work. The thing that was so valuable about it was 
being able to actually have that moment uh, where I realized the responsibility for this person's representation was mine and mine only. While I had supervising attorneys and a professor who were very supportive um, and, you know, definitely were, were behind the scenes looking, say, okay, what is it that you're doing? Let's, let's talk about this. Uh, but there, there's nothing that, that beats that moment um, of just having that responsibility you know, the whole time I kept thinking to myself, can I actually do this? Is this something that, that while I want to do it, am I actually going to be capable of doing it? You know, a number of um, minority students and, and women in law school um, or any profession generally will, will battle the, those feelings of inadequacy of, I don't know if I can do this. I feel like I want to do it, but can I, can I not? And so the, the clinic was just my opportunity to really make sure that, that I could try it out and wow, I can do this. Um, it, and it was, it was lovely. I don't, you know, my professors couldn't have created it, but I was able to actually have two very successful cases, saw them start to finish, uh, met my client, did the interviews, did the investigation, and all of that ties into exactly how I approach uh, being a clinical professor and supervising attorney now, except the same things that my professors did for me and to me then are the things that I do for and to my students now. Um, always pushing them and challenging them, but also letting them know that, that, that I'm their cheerleader and I do know that, that, that they're going to do this. This is the uh, Legal Eagle Review and uh, consistent with the, uh, the mission of the uh, law school, which is to uh, uh, prepare practice-ready attorneys. Uh, we have a number of uh, clinics uh, at the law school where students are able to uh, hone their skills and to move from the doctrinal uh, part of the educational process to the actual uh, representation of uh, clients. And uh, so we're talking with uh, three of the uh, students from uh, the uh, criminal defense uh, clinic, along with uh, the uh, professor of that, uh, of that clinic, the supervising attorney. And uh, we're going to continue that uh, discussion, but we're going to take a break right now. I want you to uh, stay with us as we uh, complete uh, this uh, this journey with these students who are now completing their legal education journey and getting out into the practice of law. And we'll be right back. North Carolina Central University School of Law was founded in 1939 to provide opportunities for African-American students to become lawyers. Embracing our heritage, the mission of NCCU Law is to provide a quality, personalized, practice-oriented, and affordable education to historically underrepresented students from diverse backgrounds to increase diversity in the legal profession. We empower our graduates to become highly competent and socially responsible lawyers and leaders committed to public service and to meeting the needs of underserved communities. NCCU Law is excited to announce the creation of the NCCU Technology Law and Policy Center, made possible by the generous pledge of $5 million by Intel Corporation. The mission of the NCCU Technology Law and Policy Center is to produce technology-conscious lawyers who will use technology in alignment with the law school's mission. 
to one, facilitate the efficient, effective, and ethical practice of law, and two, increase the access of legal information and services to underserved communities. You can learn more about the Technology Law and Policy Center by visiting the NCCU Law website. Okay, we're back on the uh, Legal Legal Review. Thank you so very much for staying with us uh, this evening as we uh, continue this, the, this discussion about the uh, NCCU Law Criminal Defense Clinic, where we are talking with the uh, supervising attorney of uh, that clinic and three of the uh, uh, emerging lawyers who are preparing now to go out into the uh, real world and uh, represent uh, people with uh, uh, legal uh, issues. And uh, so we are very happy to have them uh, here uh, with us uh, this, uh, this evening. Let me uh, just ask, uh, you know, to the three uh, almost lawyers uh, now uh, as they complete uh, this uh, journey. Um, how do you see the legal education process and how it has impacted you in preparation for this journey that you are about to, uh, to begin? So why don't we just start with Soraya? Okay, so I will be the first to admit that I am not the best student. Um, I actually, I don't, I think I'm an all right student. Um, so I definitely believe that, you know, the education that North Carolina Central has to offer is very good because it kind of takes me out of that zone where I feel like I have to be a student 24 seven. And now that I'm in the clinic, it's more so of how can I apply what I've learned these past almost full three years in law school to something that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I feel like this clinic program is extremely helpful because it helps me navigate everything that I'm approached with, whether it come from cases or um, learning things in class, it kind of guides me in the direction that I need to go. I definitely think if we didn't have the clinic here, it would be different. And I am so thankful for the clinic and the legal education that Central has to offer because it has definitely taken me out of the fear of feeling like, oh my gosh, like being a lawyer, like these people are so untouchable when it's like, well, we're all human beings. We all have gone through kind of almost the same experiences when it comes down to law school. And it really just takes a lot of the pressure off of that fear of getting into the field. Okay. Anaya, you want to add to that? Yes, I will. Um, I think uh, the legal education here, you could definitely see it's like a full circle moment. So, you know, you come in and you have your lectures, you have your exams and whatnot. And you, you constantly say like you prep for those exams and those uh, midterms and things like that. But then when you get to the point where you're in the clinic is now so, oh, this is how this applies. Oh, this is how I actually prepare or, oh, this is how I analyze this statute or this rule or this case law and things like that. Because now you need to know how to utilize those things when you are going into a preparation for your client um, and things like that. So it's a full circle moment. And you also see how 
even though you have like these separate doctrinal courses, how they actually intertwine with one another. Um, it's not just always one separate thing. Thing you, um, I think, Professor Gardner Stanley, you spoke on um, being in a juvenile uh, juvenile clinic. Well, juvenile and criminal are hand in hand um, to one another. Same thing. You see a lot of civil procedure coming up in family law in terms of jurisdiction. So a lot of that becomes a full circle moment. And I think um, Central does a great job at making sure that we have that um, that transition into knowing the basics and how to apply, but actually give you the opportunity to exercise that before you go out into being a licensed attorney and having to do it without guidance and on your own. And Brittany, I want to come to you uh, now and uh, because you not only have been a part of the clinic, but you've also been a part of the uh, production of the uh, Legal Legal Review over the uh, last uh, two years. So you kind of uh, have, have, you've added a little bit to your portfolio. Uh, so <clears throat> what is your response <laughs> to that question in light of your more holistic experience? <laughs> so I think in terms of what my classmates have said, everything is very full circle here. I think Central does a great job of forming a community, like not only with the students, but with your professors as well. So you learn the material, you learn how to read cases, you learn how to brief cases, you learn the ins and outs of how to think like an attorney, and then you go into the clinic and you get the experience. Um, I think that working on the Legal Eagle Review has opened some doors. I think I've met people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. And speaking about the law in more of a general aspect versus what we learn in law school, it's it's cool to see how it goes full circle, like educating the general public and then going into like your criminal law class or your civil procedure class and learning from the textbook. Professor Gonder Stanley mentioned that when she was in the juvenile clinic, when she was a, a law student, um, she was talking about the uh, fear of feeling inadequate. And Soraya, you mentioned this as well. Uh, can you all share your thoughts about that moment when, and Professor Gondra Stanley mentioned this, that, that moment when you realize that you have the responsibility of providing representation, even though there's the supervising attorney, Professor Gondra Stanley, this is your responsibility to assist this individual. Can you all talk about that moment that you experienced that, um, that recognition that it's on you and you're not just a student, but you are providing a service to someone who is in desperate need of your uh, advice and representation. And Brittany, let's, let's start with you. Okay, so I feel like my first instinct, my first instance of that would be my first day in court. Um, I hadn't had a chance to speak with my client prior to this, so I was going in, meeting with him, speaking with him, and then trying to figure out what I was going to do in that case, and doing the simulations in the classroom portion, and, you know, going through law school, obviously, I knew what I was supposed to do, but it being on me, me looking at my professor and her saying, so what do you want to do, I was like, oh, this is this is my decision. This is I have to go and talk to the DA now. I have to figure out how to best help my client in this moment. And it was very eye-opening. It was very quick. Um, we ended up getting a dismissal on that charge. So everything moved very quickly. And at the end of it, I was like, oh, cool. Like 
I did it. <laughs> All right, Soraya. So kind of going back first to the feelings of inadequacy, I think it's very easy in law school to get lost in to kind of get lost in the moment when you hear your classmates saying, oh, I got this grade on this exam and I got this job offer and I got this internship and I'm doing this. It's very hard to not compare yourself to your classmates. But for me, at least, I'm a very I'm very in my head all the time. I'm very critical of myself. Like I will say I am my biggest hater. Um, but when it came down to being in the clinic, and Professor Gonder Stanley has always reassured me like, hey, get out of your head, because at this point in time, you know, it's not about you. It's about this client. Um, this client could not go up and speak to the judge or do what you are giving to them without you being there with them. And that's kind of been the most reassuring thing for me of I'm doing something that's helping somebody out. And I think my biggest fear um, about the <laughs> clinic and these feelings of inadequacy were well, what if I don't get what I want? What if I want my child, my client to get out of jail, but instead they have to sit in there? Or what if my client goes in here for one thing, for a bond reduction, for example, and their bond is $5,000, but I only get it reduced to 4,000. Well, I mean, a win is a win. You know, that's money that that's not as much money as they have to pay in the first place. And I think that's been the biggest thing that I've had to reassure myself in saying, you know, you don't always have to get exactly what you want. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it just helps somebody to see that somebody is there helping them and somebody is able to advocate for them and to speak for them when they can't. Anaya. Yes. So <laughs> I was over here laughing uh, because just in terms of like when it really hit me, like this is my client. Um, as soon as clinic started, <laughs> um, so our we had came back from um, winter break first week. You know, um, back we met for the clinic and things like that. And Professor Gardner Stanley's like, okay, so you know you're gonna get case uh, assignments soon. We're all like, great, you know, perfectly fine. Next week hit. <laughs> And we have our first case assignment. And so it just moves so fast because I'm like, the semester just started, hold on. <laughs> like, this isn't simulations anymore. This is like real, this is real people and whatnot. And to take it a little bit further, my first client was actually uh, in custody. So doing that and realizing like, okay, like simulations were great. It actually helped prepare, but you know, you had trial and error with, uh, with your simulations versus now is like, obviously everything may not go exactly the way you want it. Everything won't be perfect, but you do have to put in extra effort or take it up a notch and take everything that you learned in simulation and try to use that and increase that because now you are preparing, um, preparing for, to stand in front of a judge, whatever that may, um, may be on that day, whether that's trial, whether that's arguing for probation not to be revoked or things like that, whether that's to go in and negotiate with the DAs and things like that. Like this is actually someone here that's hoping, um, that's relying on you to do your job. Professor Gallo Stanley, you, you, you've been uh, working with the clinic now for a, for a number of years. Uh, can you talk about the continuing relationship that you have had with uh, students from past 
uh, clinical uh, classes and uh, the work that, uh, that they're doing and uh, how valuable have they found uh, this uh, experience to be in their uh, legal profession journey? Um, I don't keep up with all of my former students, but a lot of them I do. And, you know, some of them will, will actually go on to uh, pursue criminal defense careers. Uh, makes make me very, very proud. I actually have a couple of former clinic students who are actually now on the district court bench where they live. So they are judges. Mm-hmm. Um, then there, there are those who, who go on to private practice, um, and, you know, I always will bring back former clinic students into my classroom to meet current clinic students, because after a while, the students get tired of hearing from me, <laughs> um, and they can hear the same message from students who've been there, you know, from alums who have been there and done that. Um, and, and it's definitely helpful, I think, to current students to know that someone sat exactly where they are sitting now and are now pursuing very, very successful careers. Um, I'm so proud of them. And and even to this day, just yesterday, I'm receiving phone calls uh, for reference checks for former clinic students. Uh, My relationship with clinic students is much, much deeper than students who are just in a doctrinal classroom because we are together at all times. We're going through the fire sometimes. um, And and just, you know, there's no way to do clinic without having uh, building that that close relationship uh, between the supervising attorney and the student. Well, having said that, what what is the most difficult part of the uh, clinical education process uh, that uh, that you've had to uh, deal with uh, over over the years and that you're having to kind of keep honing your skills on or honing uh, your message uh, about? The most difficult part for me is staying in the background, sitting on my hands <laughs> and letting the, the, the students handle the, the, the matter and, and go and do. <laughs> you know, I think from the outside, sometimes people who, who may see us in court are thinking, wow, that professor is not doing anything. You're just sort of following around <laughs> and watching and taking notes. Um, and that's exactly what what what. I'm supposed to be doing because the students would not have that that aha moment or that moment of this is my case, my responsibility, if all that, that I'm allowing them to do is, is what I tell them. Um, I have to stay in the background. We talk, we consult. Um, I ask them for what they want to do and I may make suggestions, but at the end of the day, I want it to be their decision about how to, to proceed with their cases. Um, and that, that sometimes can be very, very hard because sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know. I might, I might have done things differently. And so I'm constantly asking myself, is it that I just would do things differently because I'm a different person or is it that this is um, something that another attorney would have made a different choice. Different attorneys will always make different choices. And so I have to constantly assess and evaluate when I might need to jump in and when it really is just a student making a different choice, but it's still a competent choice. It's still a fair choice and it's still a good choice for that client. Yeah, Professor Gunder Stanley, and what you're um, speaking about is the development of that professional judgment, like taking in all of the information and then exercising that judgment muscle. Can you just share why that's, in, why that's so important that students 
have that experience in law school and of course with the supervision of a, a supervising attorney um, but the danger of not ever being in that place um, in law school before you're actually representing someone absolutely um if you cannot make decisions um, for yourself and your clients, you will constantly find yourself in a quandary in practice. You will always be unsure of yourself. You will always be, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And if you're not able to make the decisions for your, your client and for the representation, you are stuck. Um, and sometimes, as some of the, the students have, have talked about, things can move fairly quickly, particularly with misdemeanor representation in criminal court. And if you can't move quickly and decide quickly, um, you and your clients are in trouble. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that judgment piece is so, so, so important. And those students who are able to do it in a clinic before they graduate law school, they start practice with that confidence of knowing that they can make decisions, of not constantly second guessing themselves, of just being able to go and do, they're not you know, constantly sitting in, in a supervisor's office asking, okay, well, what should I do? And then just doing what someone else tells them that that's not practicing law. I mean, anyone can follow a set of instructions, um, you know, but lawyers actually have to decide what are the instructions. All right. You are listening to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. And we've been talking this hour about the North Carolina Central University School of Law Criminal Defense Clinic, which is one of six clinics that we have here at the law school. And we've been talking this hour with Professor Dion Gonder Stanley. She is a criminal law professor, a criminal defense attorney, and she is the supervising attorney of the NCCU Law Criminal Defense Clinic. Also joining us in this discussion, we have three third-year law students who are about to graduate and they are participating in the Criminal Defense Clinic. We have Brittany Burks, who is the student producer of this particular show, and she is a Legal Eagle Review student assistant and has been for the past two years. We also have two of her colleagues and classmates, Soraya Akach and Anaya Wallace. We're gonna have to take a quick break. We hope you stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Brittany Burks, and I'm currently a 2L at the North Carolina Central University School of Law, and this is your Community Spotlight. The North Carolina Central University School of Law offers four certificate programs. Upon completion of the specified requirements, law students may earn a certificate in civil rights and constitutional law, dispute resolution, tax law, or justice in the practice of law. As a part of the Eagle Promise, NCCU School of Law offers our students four outcomes upon graduation completing a degree program on time, becoming socially and globally engaged, proving leadership, and graduating market ready. More information about any law degree program is at 919-530-6610. My name is Brittany Burks with the Legal Eagle Review. Thank you for listening.
And we're back. Thank you again for tuning in to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. I'm April Dawson and my co-host Irving Joyner and I have been talking this hour about the NCCU School of Law Criminal Defense Clinic. And we have with us here in our Zoom studio, Dion Gonder Stanley. She is a professor of law who teaches criminal law to our first year law students. She is also the supervising attorney of the NCCU Law Criminal Defense Clinic. And we also have three third year law students who are about to graduate. We have Soraya Akach, Anaya Wallace, and Brittany Burks. So Professor Gonder Stanley was just talking about the need for students to be able to learn how to exercise judgment and building confidence. Can each of you talk about how your confidence has grown? And, and as you do that, also talk about what you find to be the most favorite part of participating in the criminal defense clinic. And Anaya, let's start with you. Um, so I think that uh, my confidence has grown tremendously. Um, just seeing where I started uh, before being shy to even like do a case on the screen for our first year. And to now being able to walk into court um, and prepare <laughs> to speak in front of a judge while still can be nerve wracking. <laughs> um, but knowing that you that I am able to actually go in and do that. And I think that is my favorite part of the clinic, um, just being able to go in and speak on and finally um, put out everything that you have prepared leading up to having to make a court appearance. Um, when you finally see the, the fruits of your labor unfold and things like that, um, I think that's my favorite part because it gives me that the reassurance that, okay, everything that I'm doing right now isn't for, like, isn't just for anything, um, but that it actually wor is worth something and it means something. Um, and that's where I re received the reassurance. And Soraya. Yes, my confidence has absolutely grown since the first day of law school to now. Um, I think law school is very intimidating, especially going into it. You know, you don't really know what's expected of you. You don't know your professors. You, you don't know who you're competing with. And as I've never looked at law school as a competition because I want everyone to succeed in their own way, um, regardless. But the clinic has absolutely helped my confidence grow because I used to be very nervous about entering the courtroom and don't get me wrong I still get nervous but that's because you know if you're not getting nervous anymore there might be a problem you just might not care as much as you did when you were getting nervous so you know but after sitting in court seeing my classmates do it and you know just kind of seeing other attorneys get up there and do it it just kind of shows me that it's not something that it's all trial and error and it's not something that I cannot achieve myself and so my favorite part of clinic would actually be that it has helped me get over this fear of being in court, being in the courtroom, talking to the judge, speaking with the DA, trying to get a deal. And I just think the practicality of it all is very helpful. And it's very rewarding to see, you know, your clients smiling ear to ear when you've done something that they wanted you to do, or you've done something that they didn't even think you could do, but you did it anyway. Brittany? Um, I think my confidence has grown tenfold. Um, as much as I wanted to be an attorney and I wanted to be in this work, 
I'm not, I wasn't good at public speaking. I was very shy. I came in as a 1L and the thought of a professor cold calling me had me shaking. So <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to do what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. But I think that joining the clinic and getting the experience, going in front of the judge, talking to the DAs and stuff like that has really helped me. I think probably the experience itself has, is my favorite part. Just hearing from my clients that I've done a good job in their eyes is very rewarding. Um, I had a client that said that his prior attorneys didn't do anything for him. So the fact that I as a student was helping him out and really touched him and that made me feel like I was doing my job and I was doing what I was put here to do. Well, as, as an ex exiting law student uh, and after uh, three long years, um, and I know that uh, you have had uh, over the years conversations with people who are interested in following this uh, path, uh, what is the uh, good, the bad, and the ugly uh, that, uh, that you would tell them about uh, what it is that they can expect and how they can best prepare themselves uh, for, this, uh, for this journey? So uh, why don't we start back with, uh, with Brittany? So I think I would just, you have to tell them the truth. It's going to be hard. There's going to be days where you have to read a case that's 40 pages and you're going to look at it and you're gonna think, I can't do this, this is not for me, but you're gonna do it, you're gonna get through it, you're gonna to get to class, you're gonna brief that case, and it's gonna be okay. Um, the studying is hard, the work is hard, but at the end of the day, it's all very rewarding, and I think if you really have the passion for it, then you'll be able to make it through. Okay, and I? Um, so I agree with everything that Ms. Birch just said. Um, I think, Definitely knowing that it's going to be hard, that it's not going to be a walk in the park, but I think more so trying to remember that this isn't a competition, like this is your own personal journey. Um, there are some people that you'll be in school with that want to be on to do the same thing as you and some that um, want to do go on different paths. But at the end of the day, you got to focus on what you can do yourself and what you can handle. Um, and also making sure, because um, just like Mr. Catch, I be in my head as well, but trying to stay out of your head um, and don't beat yourself up. Like if you have 30 cases to read for a week, give or take, you're probably not going to read every case. But and don't beat yourself in saying like that. I did not get through all this work because there's going to be some days that you're honestly not going to get through it all because it is a lot. And it's a new experience for people entering into law school. So being able to, to give yourself that grace, um, which is something that I'm still learning how to do for my own self, um, giving yourself that grace to know like, OK, I don't have it together right now, but don't stop here and don't let that uh, defeat you and whatnot. Use that to keep building. I'm like, OK, I'm going to get there. And even once you get to your last year, you may not be exactly where you want to be, but you're much further along and much different, much mature, much more confident than where you were in your first year. Okay. And Soraya? So the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think law school has all three of these things. Um, <laughs> it has a lot of good because, you know, I've met so many different people and 
you know, NCCU is so diverse and I've met so many people who either want the same thing or don't want the same thing, but I've created so many beautiful friendships with people that will last a long time just because of the community that Central has. Law school has taught me so much discipline and law school has taught me so much about myself. And the first, I would say the most important thing that law school has taught me is just to be real with myself and not to jam pack my schedule, not to schedule 10 different things on one day thinking that I'm, you know, going to be ambitious and get it all done because I might not. So it's taught me to be real with myself and to be honest with myself and to set goals with myself, but to not kill myself in the process, if that makes sense. Now, the bad and the ugly, it can get bad and ugly. And that's just because of a lot of self-doubt. You, There's no way that you know, somebody can come into law school and just never say that they didn't doubt themselves because I doubt myself all the time. But I think I think that's just the kind of profession that we're in, which is, you know, why I started with law school is not for the weak. You know, you have to be strong to be in law school because it really takes you through the ringer. And I think especially with the clinic, the hardest thing about it is what if I don't get what I want out of this case? What if I want a dismissal and I don't get that? Or what if I want this probation to be revoked and I don't get that? And it's it's a hard process to go through. But again, like I said earlier, sometimes your clients just need to know that somebody is listening to them and somebody is hearing them and somebody is supporting them. And that will help them get back on the right track. And you know, whatever outcome you get, whether it be good or bad, they're always going to be thankful for you helping them. And I think that's a big thing that Central and the clinic have impressed upon me. May I add one quick thing, if possible? Um, also, leaning on your faculty, your professors and things like that, um, I know there are a couple of people in this building who have literally seen me in tears, probably in a hallway somewhere. So making sure like you know that you do have a, a support system here. Soraya made a very great point about uh, the one, the diversity, but also the community that Central builds, that's not just with, within the building and outside in the Durham public. So just making sure you utilize your professors, um, your, your clinical supervisors and things like that to come to them and speak to them and tell them what's going on. Because at the end of the day, they are here to help us um, and they may have more answers to your questions than you may uh, try to figure it out on your own. When we talk about the clinic, um, and you all have been sharing your experiences, building your skills and your confidence, another aspect of the clinic is serving our community. And as uh, Professor Joyner mentioned, we have a mission here at NCCU School of Law to make sure that we understand that there is a need for legal representation and support, particularly in those underserved communities. Professor Gonder Stanley, can you talk about the importance of sharing that perspective with our students and, and all of them have, have already kind of talked about the way you have emphasized to them or underscored to them that it's, um, Soraya was saying that one of the things that you said was it's not about you, it's about that client. Um, Anaya mentioned that these are real people. It's not just in an academic setting where you're reading a case. In the clinic, you actually get a chance to see that there are real people behind these issues. Brittany talked about 
the rewarding experience of someone, a client saying to her, you have made a visible difference in my life when other you know, lawyers may not have done so. Can you talk about the importance of our students understanding the need to serve our community, particularly when you're talking about communities that have gone underserved? Well, um, I mean, honestly, for criminal defense lawyers in particular, but but even just the, the lawyer prof profession generally, we are a service profession. Um, and so, you know, honestly, a, a lot of times the students who come here to NCCU, they know that, that our mission is truth and service. And so it's not a heavy lift at all for me to talk about serving the client, putting the client first, when students have, have reached me in the clinic, and that's in their last year of law school, they get that message throughout their experience at, at, at the law school from the very, very beginning, from day one, where their orientation might involve some sort of service activity or a discussion about um, serving other people. And so I, I, I don't, I think it just actually becomes very, very natural to have these conversations. I start the students in the clinic with a discussion about what it means to be a, a an advocate for someone else. What does it mean to, to give effective representation? And is is that the, what our goal is to is to just be effective or is it to be better than effective? Um, and so I, the students just they get that message all the time. Um, and not only just from from lip service, but from the projects that we do. Um, so that when they start getting cases, the message that they receive is, okay, but we're also going to do a community engagement project. Uh, we just finished doing uh, a community education presentation, um, a Know Your Rights uh, session, um, and the students really got behind that and realized that, you know, sometimes the, the things that you see that go wrong for individual clients could have been fixed much earlier if our client had had the information they needed about their rights much sooner. Um, and so community education is another way that we can serve people and that hopefully make it possible that if they have to end up needing our services, that the outcome is that much better because they did the right things and knew what to do um, when, the, when the event was happening uh, from the get-go. You know, in a very real sense, uh, each time one of your students uh, has a client, uh, that is your client. Uh, and uh, so you have multiple uh, responsibilities uh, for uh, any number of uh, clients. How, how does that uh, impact your day and your, uh, your contribution to this uh, learning process, particularly as you uh, add years uh, to uh, having to carry uh, this uh, burden uh, for uh, each of the students and for the uh, and for the law school. Well, um, in some ways, it means I don't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> uh, but you know, for the most part, I have to think through um, each client's representation myself ahead of time. Um, so that as I am looking through and monitoring what the student is doing, I would be able to notice gaps if there are any. And that's pretty rare for there to be gaps. Um, sometimes students just need a gentle nudge uh, or a question. Well, did you think about this? 
And then when they think about it, it's like, ah, um, and then they go when they do. And, <laughs> and I didn't have to do anything other than just ask the, the pertinent question at the pertinent time. Um, but yeah, um, their clients are my clients. And, and, and ultimately, these students are going to graduate. And if their clients' cases aren't finished, then I will continue on. It's not something where we're going to, to suddenly just pass off the client you know, back somewhere else and say, oh, well, the students are gone because it, it is about giving high quality representation. Um, so even when the students are gone, that high quality representation must continue because that's what we're all about here. And we just have a, a few minutes left. Um, Professor Gunder Stanley, can you share advice that you would give to either a prospective student or even a current law student about um, if they're interested in participating in the clinic? Well, the, the, the basic advice is, is to make sure that you, you meet all the, the, the course prerequisites and requirements to, to be able to enroll in the clinical experience. Um, and so, for example, my particular clinic, they have to take certain doctrinal courses first. Um, then, then from there, um, the other advice that I give them is to pick a clinic that you're interested in and possibly doing um, as your future career. Um, but, but don't put extra pressure on yourself. It really is about figuring out, do I like this? Not only can I do this, but do I like this? There is a lot of value to trying it out and figuring out, you know, I don't know that I like this. It's like, yeah, you know, the professor's telling me I can do it, but this isn't for me. Um, I'd rather, as a student, you figure that out before you graduate than to go out into practice and start it and then be unhappy because unhappy lawyers end up creating or producing unhappy clients. And they, you know, they don't mean to, but they take it out on their clients and, and the quality of their representation. And so, yeah, just be thoughtful. And if you want to give it a try, definitely give it a try, but be ready to work because there's no clinic where you are not going to work. <laughs> well, all right. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but we'd like to thank our guest, Professor Dion Gonder Stanley. She is a criminal law professor, a criminal defense attorney, and she is the supervising attorney for the NCCU School of Law Criminal Defense Clinic. And we'd also like to thank our third year law students who are joining us. We have Brittany Burks, who is the student producer of this show and a Legal Eagle Review student assistant for the past two years. We also have Soraya Akach and Anaya Wallace. And we want to congratulate the three of you for getting this far in your legal education journey. We are excited to see what you do after you graduate and are practicing attorneys in the community. And we'll have to have you back so we can get an update from you in the future. And of course, we'd like to thank you, our listening audience, for spending your Sunday evening with us. And we hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email. You can reach us at legaleaglereview at nccu.edu. And if you miss this show on Sunday, you can find us on the Legal Eagle Review podcast. Until next week, stay informed, engaged, healthy, and safe.